I was reading about the Celtic Christians in the 5th century. In the 5th century, the Celtic Christians went into the British Isles. They took the gospel to Cornwall, to Wales, to Scotland, to Ireland. In fact, one of them was named St. Patrick. St. Patrick became the first individual to take the gospel to Ireland. Ireland had never received the gospel. And the fifth century Celtic Christians were so impactful because of their abandoned life. When St. Patrick was going to Ireland for the first time, he had certain words inscribed upon his shield. And these words sum up their abandonment and their abandoned lifestyle. And here's what was written on the shield of this man taking the gospel for the first time to Ireland. Be Christ this day my strong protector against poison and burning. Be Christ my strong protector against drowning and wounding. Through reward wide and plenty, Christ before me, Christ behind me. Christ within me, Christ beneath me. Christ above me, Christ to the right of me. Christ to the left of me. Christ in my lying down, Christ in my sitting. Christ in my rising, Christ of all who know me. Christ on tongue of all who meet me. Christ in eye of all who see me. Christ in ear of all who hear me. In Christ alone, I find my help. Jeremiah chapter 5. We're going to read together as we're standing in the presence of the Lord, verses 23 through 25. Then we're going to jump over to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Let's read together. This people, what a people. Come on, read it again. This people, what a people. Uncontrollable untamable runaways. It never occurs to them to say, how can we honor our God with our lives? The God who gives rain in both spring and autumn and maintains the rhythm of the seasons, who sets aside time each year for harvest and keeps everything running smoothly for us. Of course you don't. Your bad behavior blinds you to all this. Your sins keep my blessings at a distance. Chapter 6, verse 16. God's message yet again. Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Then take it. Discover the right route for your souls. But they said, nothing doing. We aren't going that way. Lord, we're ready. Our hearts are open. Speak to our hearts today. 
Let your word just find a place within us that the seed of your, of your word may be sown and may it germinate and may it sprout forth its life and may it produce in us some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. We thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of our understanding today. Grant unto us insight. We need it. We're hungry. We truly want to be your people. We don't want to respond like this, God. We really, really want to be your people, walking in your ways. In Jesus' name. One more hand clap today. God's working. These opening passages in Jeremiah chapter 5, which we read together, they give us a synopsis of the nation of Judah's desperate plight during the time of Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet. As we read together, God himself said that the people of Judah were uncontrollable untamable and this was due to their unfaithfulness their stubbornness a lot of other things virtually all the people all the people in Judah as well as the kings and princes the priests and prophets they were all unfaithful to God And ironically, they would come to the temple to offer sacrifices. They were churchgoers wearing their Passover best, scrolls tucked under their arms. They would come to offer sacrifices, but they failed to acknowledge God in the way that they lived the rest of their lives. Sadly, they allowed themselves to be influenced by surrounding paganism. And they, Judah, God's covenant people, they began worshiping gods other than Yahweh. Therefore, it was no surprise that they began to compromise they began compromising the exacting moral standards which God had laid down in the law. And this caused spiritual blindness to pervade and prevail within the nation. They were sexually immoral. The rich were mistreating the poor. Honesty and Personal and business relationships had become so rare in their society. Because of their infidelity, infidelity to God, his judgment was pending. So Jeremiah, this faithful servant of the Lord... He presented the nation with a way to come back to God, a way to get back to God. He said, stand and 
chapter 6, verse 16, stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Then take it. Discover the right route for your souls. Today is part three of this series we began few weeks back, discovery at the crossroads, discovery at the crossroads. Stand at the crossroads. Judah has come to the crossroads. The entire nation is at the crossroads. And Jeremiah gives them several keys to discover the right route to take. Crossroads are a part of life. We all encounter them. We all face them. This particular point in time in Judah's history, the nation, the entire nation is facing crossroads of their own doing. This is because of their own doing or not doing. But God, by his mercy, uses the prophet Jeremiah to give them some light in the midst of this darkness and giving them some instruction on how, at this crossroads, they can discover the right route to take. And there are several keys. We've considered two of them. Stand, stand at the crossroads and look. Stand and look. Today, we're going to consider the third. Ask. Stand, look, and ask. Ask for directions to the old road. The tried and true road. Ask for directions. Oh, I'm so glad you're here because I've been waiting to preach this for so long. We're not going to finish it today. We're going to carry it over. This this particular point, ask for directions to the old road. We're going to start today, and then next week, Mission Sunday, we'll finish it up. Hallelujah. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Now, I want to define this word ask, old, and paths. I want to define those three words for us because from the definitions, we're going to discover our third key for the right route that we're to take. First, and I want you to get this. You've really got to get this, so we're going to take time with this. Ask means to desire. This is the the base meaning of the word ask. It's to desire. You really don't ask for something unless you desire it, right? So desire is is the foundation of, of, is to be the foundation of our asking. To desire, thus to earnestly inquire. We have this desire, therefore we're going to earnestly inquire. 
It also means to plead. To plead. And there are several other meanings as well that I'm not going to take time with because we have these other two words we want to define, but it, it, it's, it's also to beg, ask, plead, to desire, therefore, or thus to earnestly, earnestly inquire, to plead. Now, the word old, the word old means ancient, ancient. It means Time beyond this temporal sphere. Ancient. Going way back. Time beyond this temporal sphere. And that word beyond means past. It's the the time that has passed. That's beyond us in this temporal sphere. Got it? You got both of those? All righty. Now the word paths, a well-tracked or traveled way of obedience. A well-tracked or traveled way of obedience. It also means of ethical and moral guidance. Desire, thus earnestly require, plead for the ancient, for that Time that's beyond, uh, that's past this temporal sphere, the well-tracked, the well-traveled way of obedience, that path of ethical and moral guidance. And herein lies our third key. From these definitions... Here's our third key for discovering when we're at the crossroads and we're there. The nation of Judah was at the crossroads. What would they do? Jeremiah gives them amazing keys to discover the right route to take for their souls. Number three, The third key for discovering the right route is to passionately plead for the proven path to pursue. Passionately plead for the well-proven path to pursue a life of obedience and purity ethically and morally. Passionately plead for the proven well-traveled, tracked, well-tracked path, the way of obedience, pursuing a life of obedience and purity, both ethically and morally. 
Listen, O Judah. You can find your way back to God if you desire. Judah, here's truth for you. If you truly desire, if you have the that passion, consumed with that passion to get back to God, then plead, passionately plead for the proven path. When you're at the crossroads first, you stand. You stand, you station yourself, you stay behind. You look, and then you ask. You plead. You cry out. You're serious. You're intentional. You want the proven way. Come on now, all of us, we only invest in that which is proven, right? How many of you have ever invested something that wasn't quite proven and you regret? You went the cheap route. We've all done it. I've done it. You know, to save a few shillings. We go to something that's not quite proven. And we end up so disappointed and discouraged and upset and frustrated. And we end up maybe buying it again, hoping this time around. And by the time we're done, we've spent so much more money than on the original, well-proven Passionately plead for the proven path to pursue a life of obedience and purity, both ethically and morally. Listen, it's a passionate plea. When you're at the crossroads, it's not to be a casual request. Now, I'm going to preach today. Come on, I want you to get these definitions and get this third key and then turn me loose. At the crossroads, when we come to a crossroads, and I'm telling you right now, I believe there are many who are at a crossroads. What do you desire? How serious are you? Is this some kind of just momentary, casual request? Or is there a longing? It's not to be a temporal jog that we take in the morning, finding just the quick route to get out on a temporal jog in the, this temporal sphere that we live in. No, this is a permanent path that we are to passionately pursue. This is a permanent path that's been laid out for we, the people of God, who are to passionately plead when we're at that crossroads that God would bring us to that place that has been well-proven. 
Our life is not an experiment. Our life in God is not meant to be an experiment. There must be a passionate pleading for that proven path that will enhance our pursuit, that will give us the freedom to pursue a life of obedience, a life that is pure ethically and morally. At the crossroads, the cry of the heart should be, which way will best position me for future faithfulness in walking the old, unchanging, tried and true road? At the crossroads, the cry, the passionate plead, pleading of our hearts should be, which way will best position me for future faithfulness in walking the old, unchanging, old, unchanging, tried, and true road. Listen, I'm going to talk about this for just a moment. I'm going to talk about the subject of old, not age. I I, I don't want you to disconnect from me. But I'm going to approach the subject of old by talking about the new. Now listen to me. Our attention today is being captured by the spectacular, the imaginative, the innovative, the new. Our attention today is being captured by the spectacular, the imaginative, the innovative, and the new. Everybody say new. So much within the culture of this world is based on newness. Next time you go grocery shopping, next time you go to the shop, to the store, notice all the products that have new written across them. And it's in bright red. New. It captures your attention. Anything new. There's just something about new that's captivating. The latest smartphone, it gets everyone buzzing because of the new features that it offers. We can't live one more day without it. Car manufacturers, they keep rolling out new models that makes our heads spin. Waterproof engines. The whole engine is waterproof. You can go diving with it. (laughs) Professional sport teams create new logos. And the new logo that they create, you can't even hardly tell what it is, but it's so, it's new. And, And you look at it and And you wonder, what does it mean? It doesn't matter. It's new. The fashion industry 
Oh my, should, should we go there? The fashion industry, it sets the pace for new fashions. And the list goes on and on and on. And by and large, culture rides these marketing waves with great passion and with great zeal. Culture will invest billions in marketing. That which is new, which grabs our attention. They spend months and years researching their target audience, researching how they can, through their marketing schemes, capture us, take us captive. We don't rest, we don't sleep, we don't even eat until we go get that new thing. The pressure, the pressure that is put on us to discover and attain the newest is immense. It transcends all cultures. It transcends all societies. The pressure that we come under to make the discovery. That's why the billions are spent in marketing and advertisement and showing you the soft drink, the new flavor that's come out. And it's the old soft drink, but it's been given a new flavor. And the way they market it, you're like, you're watching this and you're like, Many, many years ago, I was driving to Voy, Taita, Taveta, to preach there. And it was the year, the season. Some of you will remember. Fanta, Fanta, it's a bottle of fun. Fanta, Fanta, just a bottle of fun. And I was listening to this on VOK, driving down to Taveta to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I drove, I heard it several times. I was listening to, I don't remember what, but I heard it several times. When I drove into the school, I was so thirsty. And all of a sudden, I wanted, all I wanted was a Fanta, Fanta. And I don't even like Fanta. The power. <laughs> I was taken captive and I found a Fanta and I drank it in one go. <laughs> the pressure that is put on us to discover and attain the newest is immense. And you know what? This can cause us as individuals to struggle with feeling odd and outdated if we dare stay with the old. It makes us feel odd. Everybody else has it. And, and we don't have it. And we feel odd and we feel outdated. We feel like the ancient of days. Learn something right here. Learn something right here. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, 
All things continue the way they have been since the beginning. What has happened will happen again. There is nothing new here on earth. Someone might say, look, this is new. But really, it has always been here. It was here before we were. Everybody say the ancient paths. Shout it out, the ancient paths. It was here before we were. Do you know that computer chips are made of sand? Every computer chip that's produced, that's placed into a computer is made from sand. Sand was here before we were. Yet we get under such pressure for the sand. Because the product that is offered right now, it's new. And it has amazing features that no other machine has ever had. And by this time next year, that machine that you're just taken up with, that's going to be old and here the pressure comes again this is how we live even Jesus addressed this this myth of the new over against the everlasting good of the ancient paths Jesus himself addressed this myth of the new over and against the everlasting good of the ancient paths he said in Luke chapter 16 verse 31 If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced. Even if someone rises from the dead, what Jesus is saying here is that even if someone rises from the dead, they would not be convinced of the eternal value of the ancient paths. And this is exactly what our culture says today. Our culture says today, the Bible is not enough. Our culture says today that the resurrection is not enough. We need special signs and wonders, something new, something spectacular, and then we will believe. Church, the old way is not the popular way. The old way is being abandoned daily by people who have decided that new is better. They're moving into unbelievable, all kinds of unbelievable teachings and doctrines and all kind of new things that are out there that if you don't come and get involved with this, you're missing it. You're missing out. You're made to feel outdated. You mean you're still there with those people? The old way is not the popular way. Many today are leaving the Bible. They're leaving it. Many no longer desire to be associated with old songs of the faith. Why are you singing those songs? Their old-fashioned worship. Many are no longer desiring to be associated with old-fashioned worship. 
of praising the Lord, lifting our hands and dancing. Many are no longer wanting to associate with preaching. They just want to talk. Just give us a talk. Don't shake our world. Preacher, don't spit on us. That's why we got this platform way away from you. Calm down. Just Let's just have a nice, quiet, chilled, laid back. This is the vibes. And we'll hear a nice Christian talk that will cheer us on. But if you start hitting me with this word, Pastor, if you start bringing it home to me, Pastor, Pastor, feel free. Feel completely free. But if you cross this line, I'll take my tithe elsewhere. I don't preach for your tithe. Never have, never will. None of us do. Come on, you can do better than that. Give Jesus praise today. Hey. Seeker services have replaced the old school Holy Ghost move of God in our midst. Yet God has not changed. We've changed. We've been swept up in this. Gotta have the new. God has not changed. Hebrews 13, 8 from the Living Bible, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your spiritual gift comes or your spiritual strength comes as a gift from God. Not from ceremonial rules about eating certain foods. A method which, by the way, hasn't helped those who have tried it. You know the word ancient in our text, it also means everlasting. Everlasting. God is from everlasting and he does not change. What he revealed in the distant past, it remains true today. God is from everlasting and he does not change. And I want you to get this. In addressing the dilemma facing the nation of Judah, Jeremiah did not introduce new principles or commands. When Jeremiah is addressing the, the, the dilemma that is facing the entire nation, he returned to those principles and truths that were revealed in earlier books of the Bible, particularly the law of Moses. When disaster came upon the people, Jeremiah taught them how to live out God's law in their new and their bleak situation. 
Jeremiah returned to the ancient paths, the spiritual truths, and the first principles that were found in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The ancient paths of the Old Testament are one with the ancient paths of the New Testament. Jesus did not say for nothing to the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus, on that first resurrection day. He didn't say for nothing that they could find him in the pages of Moses, the prophets, and throughout the scriptures in Luke 24 and 27. The ancient paths. The ancient paths. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, he has told you, oh man, what is good and what the Lord really wants from you. He wants you to promote justice, to be faithful, and to live obediently before your God. This we put together with John chapter 14 and verse 6, which we sang earlier. Jesus said, I am the way. The message Bible says, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. The only way that you are going to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God today is to know with certainty that Jesus is the road, that Jesus is the life, and that abiding in him is asking for, is passionately pleading for, the proven path, pursuing a life of obedience and purity. I want to close by sharing with you something I read this week, written by a pastor who would take a number of young people in particular from his church onto the mission field, mission fields of the world. And this is what he wrote. More than 10 years ago, I took a group of our young people to the Philippines. And on a free day, we began climbing Mount Apa the highest peak in the Philippines. At several points during the climb, we came to a crossroad on the trail. And we had to stop. We had to look. And we had to think before continuing the climb. None of us had ever climbed this way before or ever been there. So there were two things that we learned. First, we learned always take the trail that looks like the main well-traveled one. And second, since we were climbing, always take the trail that goes uphill. And I, I want to finish with this statement. Always go the way that will take you higher.
always go the way that will take you higher. Come on, can you give him praise and can you give him glory? I don't know what you're passionately pursuing. I don't know what you're passionately inquiring for or pleading for. I don't know where your priorities are today. I don't know at this crossroads that you're standing what is appealing to you, but may I appeal to you today based on the word that we have heard as you're standing, as you're remaining motionless and you're looking observant, seeking discernment, would you ask God to create within you a great hunger and a great desire, a greater desire to go up higher, a greater desire to take a path that has been well proven, a path that will enhance your pursuit of coming to the fullness of what God has for you, a path that will produce in you a life of obedience, that your ethics and your morals will be such as bring glory to God and that you will come to the fullness of what God has already laid out and purposed for your life. Would you cry out to God and say, God, I want to just lay my desires before you. God, I want to put everything at your, at your feet. God, I want to go the proven path. I want to go the well-traveled path. I want to be very intentional, oh God, in seeing my life count. I want to come to that place, oh God, where I'm moving into what you have designed for my life. I've been so swept up by the new. I've been so attracted. I've been moving away from that well-proven, well-traveled path. Oh God, work in me. Oh God, work in me. Come on, hands up. Anybody? Hands up. Father, right now, look upon our hearts, God. May we not be like Judah who said no. We will not go that way. Oh God, may we say yes. May we say yes. May we say yes, oh God, create in me. Create in me a hunger and a desire, oh God, to grow in the things of God, to walk in your ways. Create in me a great hunger and a desire for a life that brings you glory. Lord, forgive me for dabbling around in that which does not bring you glory. Forgive me, God. May I rise up today. 
May I truly be your people. May I truly be part of your people, oh God, that's going up higher, going up higher. I refuse to go down a path that will take me down. I rise up today and I go up higher. I go up higher and I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Give him all the glory. Give him all the praise. Yeah, come on. You know, I thought about that scripture as I was praying. I don't know where it is, but it's from the Message Bible when Jesus called his disciples. It says he called them to be his climbing companions. His climbing companions. So beautiful. May God do the same with us today. Hey, everybody, have a wonderful week. Have a beautiful week. Come on, let's go out and make some discoveries this week. Love you.